Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Sense and Sensibility chapters 35 through 39. Yeah. <laughs> I liked these <laughs> chapters better than the last chapters. They, this is what, what is this like? The, um, like the whole Edward thing comes out. This is like yeah. the Edward Lucy debacle. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the big uh, reveal. Can you hear her? Yeah. She's oh snorting right hey. in the microphone. <laughs> Maybe you should go lay down because you're too loud. Go lay down, mama. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> it's the big the big reveal, and I don't I have like such conflicting feelings, and I don't know if it's because of you know the times that we live in compared to theirs, but I'm like everyone is so like oh it's so like you know bold and like good natured of him to stick with this engagement, and I'm like. <laughs> But he doesn't like her. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's a not. lot of I don't even know what I wrote in the notes because I was listening to it because I wrote them now at this point several mm-hmm. weeks ago. So <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it today and I was like, I had like a thought and I went to go look in the notes so I could write it down. And I was like, I didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested to see what I have to say the first time when I was going through right. it. But yeah, um, definitely enjoyed these more than the last set, just because the last set was kind of a little bit like an in-betweener set, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And this one, like more actual revelations came out, like Eleanor finally told Marianne, and that was an interesting right, conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Marianne's, what's it called? She delves deeper into her depression. <laughs> <laughs> And we had some moments that I was like, Jane Austen, could you please not cut away? Because this is the part I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was. But unfortunately, um, we didn't get to see some of those parts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we're getting more, even though it was kind of really only in the last chapter, but uh, we're getting more Colonel Brandon. And now I'm like piecing together. I'm like, oh, I know where we are and I know what happens next. And I'm excited <laughs> for what happens next. Yeah. Because when you watch the adaptations, this whole part is like kind of combined with other parts and it doesn't like this feels like it has some space in these few chapters like Mm -hmm. oh this whole Edward Lucy thing it's not as I don't know unexpected and out of the blue and like smashed in with Marianne's illness like right we haven't even got to Marianne's stuff for the (laughs) maybe I shouldn't mention it but like seeing how well she's doing during these parts makes me think well it's not like she's sitting there wasting away for several months you know she probably just catches a cold and that is why she gets sick not right (laughs) it kind of just like makes more sense in the book of like it's not like she's so heartbroken that she is like I'm just gonna die. It's it's like, oh, maybe she just wasn't really taking care of herself. Yeah. But yeah, I I enjoyed these chapters. I I think I still enjoyed the last set more. I don't know why, but I just kind of enjoyed that (laughs) section. But I did really like these chapters. And well, there's a lot of both both that one and this one. There were a lot of times where I was just like, oh my god, Dashwood people, not our Dashwoods, but the other right. Dashwoods and the Ferris. <laughs> yes. I was like, could you please? What is your problem? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, John's the worst. And Fanny. I, I was like, Fanny. <laughs> I can't tell you how disgusted I am with Fanny, especially when like the whole like thing comes out about Edward and uh, Lucy and they're like, oh, she went into like a state and she was fainting and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then she told John that we should have invited your sisters instead. Or she was Ugh. like, I knew we should have. And I was like, you are a fucking liar. <laughs> you are a nasty yes, person. Also within these is when, and this is like one of those parts where like John is like, let's invite my sisters. And I was like, see, John isn't as bad as right. Manny in certain ways. And then oh yeah, there's just so much hypocrisy. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I hate Fanny. And that's that. Yeah. She's bad. <laughs> she's bad. We don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, did you have any other um, specific first impressions for this section? I think the only thing that I can remember is at the end when they say they're going to Cleveland, every single time I think Cleveland, Ohio, and it's just... <laughs> It's <laughs> just like a weird, like, huh, okay, we're going to Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny to me every time I read it. <laughs> I'll say this time when I read it, I was like even more thinking, you know, I like Anne Steele. <laughs> I think I would hang out with Anne yeah. Steele. I feel bad for <laughs> Anne Steele. And yeah, when she's like, nobody else will talk to her or whatever. So she just decides to be friends with the Dashwoods. Yeah. <laughs> as much as they try I, not to be friends with her. <laughs> yeah. And I think, honestly, like the only reason to not like Anne Steele is because she's attached to Lucy. Right. You know, because she, even from the get, she's never mean spirited. She's like, just kind of like, you know, a little silly. <laughs> and she just likes yeah. talking about boys and bows. And <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a fun time. Yeah. And I like that she's older and like not so, you know, concerned. Yeah, she <laughs> she's just not doesn't... rich. She's older, but she's like, whatever. Maybe I'll get yeah. that doctor one day. <laughs> <laughs> she almost in a way, and I don't know if I'm just picturing the actress who plays her, but oh my God, I can remember her name is. And the new Emma, she was really t- Let me look it up real quick because she was really tall. Oh, Mrs. Uh, Bates? Yeah. Who's the actress? Uh, Miranda Mrs. Hart. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I'm always picturing her as uh, <laughs> Anne Steele. And I'm like, that makes sense to me because she seems, they kind of seem similar in a way, like yeah. their silliness. Yeah. Like they the talk younger a version of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love them. All right. Well, um, you got some notes for us this week? I sure do. So for notes this week, I kind of went back to the kind of introduction that my book has about sensibility and some stuff about Jane Austen and like her other works. And I kind of found this really cool section about, it's almost like an analysis of all of her works and like the types of characters she uses that are like kind of constant throughout all of them. And some of them that are maybe more unique to this book. Oh, cool. And just kind of like some of the stuff that the the through lines through each one, like which hair, what the heroines go through. And so I just kind of felt like I would read some of the stuff from this intro to kind of talk about it just so that we can kind of like, it'll really reinforce all the stuff that we've talked about with like Lucy <laughs> Steele and Fandy and stuff. Okay. Sounds awesome. <laughs> it starts off with a funny sentence to me. It says the heroines also confront a uniquely unpleasant set of characters over the course of this novel. Uh, I like the word uniquely, uniquely unpleasant. unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But then it goes to say, like, Sense and Sensibility and the other books kind of have similar supporting characters who are in some respects foolish or vulgar or absurd. And they give 
like examples like Sir John and Lady Middleton, Mr. and Mrs. Palmer, Mrs. Jennings, Anne Steele, we love. And, you know, basically like their purpose is to provide comic relief and uh, while causing, and I quote, mild annoyance to the heroines. And the readers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Only mild annoyance because Marianne doesn't bother to pay attention to them and Eleanor doesn't bother to let herself feel anything. Right. (laughs) She's like, I don't care. I can't let myself care. But in kind of like a little bit of a contrast to this, in this book, Austin added a bunch of other characters who are distinctly nasty and selfish, oh, as quote described, <laughs> like Willoughby, Miss, uh, Mrs. Ferrers, John Dashwood, Fanny Dashwood, Robert Ferrers, and Lucy Steele, your arch nemesis. <laughs> and it goes on to say that also that the last three, um, which are Fanny, Robert Ferrers, and Lucy, they have no redeeming characteristics which means that the heroines spend much of the time being forced to witness despicable specimens of humanity and <laughs> subjected to various forms of mistreatment. <laughs> I know. I was like, do they have any redeeming qualities? And I was trying to think and I was like, I don't think so. We don't see them ever. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I guess Lucy loves her sister, so that's somewhat of a redeeming quality, but... Yeah. Well, (laughs) I also wonder, like, does Lucy love her sister enough to put her over her own personal gain? And I don't think so. (laughs) Well, she loves her enough to forgive her when she blasts the whole thing, so... And then this kind of, like, it talks, like, very loosely about the end, just this last part, but... um. It says also like what's really unique about sensibility is that at the end of the novel, we don't really get to see like just desserts handed out to these characters. Oh yeah, let's not talk about that because yeah, it's so much to say about the end. Yeah, that's all I'm going <laughs> to say. I don't want to get there before basically. we get there. <laughs> so it's kind of like a little bit of like a sneak peek into like what we're going to get. But yeah, it's yeah. A, a unique thing. Let's see. And it also says like in this book that the quote-unquote romantic trials that the heroines go through surpass those found in other novels and that but although like Marianne kind of has this situation that is very similar to other ones except for Northanger Abbey because there really isn't any like conflict romantically in Northanger Abbey if you think about it like nothing major not romantically but there are a lot of trials for Catherine I mean there's a big trial for Catherine one big trial for Catherine right but it's like what's great about What's different about that one is like there's no like no like you said in a romantic trial for her. Well, I guess to her she felt like it was a romantic trial for a, a while. At least. Yeah, I think maybe but they're still, just I know what you more mean. so. Yeah, like yeah. the Wickhams and the Willoughbys. Like there's no yeah that kind of villainous character for Catherine. No jilting. <laughs> yeah, but then they also say like Willoughby out of all the other like quote unquote male like love villains stands out as like the most attractive because he is kind of presenting himself as like, you know, this person who is super like smart and caring and kind of indulges yeah. himself into everything Marianne's does. And yeah, because when she's you were like, describing him as one of the villains, I was like, well, I mean, he does do despicable things, I guess, when he breaks yeah. up with her. But like before that, he was kind of charming. And he's done, I guess he did despicable things to Eliza as well. But like I don't know. I I always think of Henry Crawford from Mansfield Park as my, like, one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, I know you're bad, but I still like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the, you know, and this is the introductions written by the author of this annotated or the 
would whatever you would call it, whoever the person who writes the annotations and stuff, um, David uh-huh. M. Sh- uh, Shepard. But so it's always his personal opinions. But I would assume he knows pretty well. But um, oh, right, right, he right. kind of just says that like Willoughby is kind of the most charming, which ends up playing into him being probably the worst out of all of them because he actually makes Marianne fall in love with him, like deeply in love with him and then leaves her and then kind of makes her feel like she's crazy. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and then, you know, there's like a whole section. If you have this annotation, uh, annotated copy, I would suggest reading it because it's really interesting because there's a whole section about Eleanor and like compared to Fanny Price and and Elliot, how her kind of Uh. adventures are a little bit different with Edward. And it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely way different than both of them. Yeah. Because both of them are pining throughout the novel where Eleanor is constantly being like, no. I refuse to care. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, she does care, but like she's actively trying to suppress it. <laughs> right. And then this like last little sentence that I want to read about kind of like Ella, Eleanor's adversary compared to Fanny and Anne's adversaries in the love interest. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's actively I think you'll appreciate her. it. Yeah. It says, furthermore, Fanny's and Anne's female rivals have some good qualities, whereas Eleanor's is one of the most odious characters ever created by Jade Austen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so justified. You, yeah, so you <laughs> you and the guy who did the annotations and the editing would get along swimmingly. <laughs> Although, if you read more in the introduction, he kind of describes Eleanor as probably the best character ever. So he clearly has a favoritism towards her. So maybe we disagree <laughs> on that. <laughs> Not that we don't love her, but yes, I yes. just think she's flawed without anyone ever pointing out her flaws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where I feel like Anne Elliot, I don't know. She doesn't feel like to me. She didn't feel like I'm suppressing things. You know, no. every time she was like, you know, it was because her family was so horrible that she's like, I don't really care. You know, whenever she didn't, right. care, it was like. I, I don't know. I don't know it why. It was like, it was more <laughs> I feel so, like especially. Eleanor's drives me crazy. Sometimes. Yeah, I feel like Anne is like the perfect example, just because we've done so many persuasion things of like being so different, but being also kind of in the same situation, in that she, the only reason that her and Wentworth aren't together is because her family was so horrible and she ended up kind of to appease them, break it off. And that's why they're not connecting is because she's like, I don't, he does not really give me any signs and I did something bad to him. Whereas Eleanor's like, feelings can't exist in my life. And I'm just (laughs) going to assume that he doesn't like me. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, she assumes that he does like her, but she's like, even that is not enough. Right. Like (laughs) make her express her feelings to anyone else. (laughs) Right. But also she is younger than Anne. So I was just going to say that. Yeah. She's also way younger she's like 10 years younger than Anne, practically and yeah i mean a little less but so she's still got these ideas of what a person should be where i feel like Anne right. has lived and is like you know should be should be we're people you can't really control right. that as much <laughs> right and so she has yeah. more perspective yeah i think reading that section though really like i'm like is Anne elliot my favorite heroine i don't know She's just <laughs> so smart, but I don't know yet. I'm still got to read the other books. We still got <laughs> other books. We still got three other books to read. I know, but uh, it's so hard to not have a favorite heroine already because there's so many good ones. I know. And, you know, personally, I'm always like picking my favorite from what I'm currently reading because right. <laughs> whatever's at the top of my mind is <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> it's your favorite. 
<laughs> right. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily say Eleanor is my favorite. And yeah. though sometimes I do feel like Marianne is my favorite, but she's not really. <laughs> yeah, I think I I love Marianne. And then when we start reading about kind of the melodrama of everything and we realize that I was like, oh, she's 16 and she is so young that I'm like, and she, what's so crazy is that she's such a different 16 year old than Catherine Moreland. Oh, definitely. Like she's so much more. She's more mature. She's definitely more mature. Ways. And I, I would guess you would say she's probably been through more stuff than <laughs> Catherine. And that's why. Very true. I mean, her father died. She had to move, you know, she, Catherine was just like, you know, they weren't rich, but they were a happy family, a huge family. Nothing right. ever had really gone wrong for her. And she wasn't expecting anything to go wrong, <laughs> which is right. what her problems were. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, you know. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Okay. Well, that's that was awesome. Thanks. I'm sure we'll have a... Uh... A lot more to say about comparing them all once we get to oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Once we get to the other books, especially where I can read them in their own words. Yeah. Well, I'm interested when we get to Pride and Prejudice, are you going to be like, no, Elizabeth's the best? <laughs> <laughs> I, it might be because I do really love Elizabeth a lot. She, even just from the adaptations, yeah. I'm like, yeah. she's not the best. But you know, I mean, Emma is great too. She's got her mm-hmm. own things and i personally love fanny price but she's you know not like an ideal person like you wouldn't right. look up to her as an ideal <laughs> but i totally sympathize with her i'm excited to you know in three years time get to all of these <laughs> yeah who knows and we'll be in we'll be in different places in our lives and who knows? Maybe Eleanor will end up being our favorite. We never know. You know, because every time I read the books, especially for the podcast, I feel a little bit differently about the characters. I've never felt this like strongly about Eleanor. And it's not that mm-hmm. I will say it again. I do not dislike Eleanor. I like yeah, Eleanor a we lot. Love Eleanor. And <laughs> I feel like especially in these chapters, I'm like more okay. The annoying part of Eleanor is over. And, you know, she's yeah. already gotten to the point where she's gonna get to and you know, it's when she it starts becoming, yeah, it's when she starts like letting her emotions a little bit more out little by little. And that's when we're kind of like, oh, Eleanor, you're kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's good. She's just protecting herself. And right. I don't blame her. <laughs> I'm an All Eleanor right. kind of. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> Sometimes I have been as well. All right, for the recap, chapters 35 Mm. through 39, starting with chapter 35, which I called Somebody Slap That Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I can think of who that's about. (laughs) (laughs) So Eleanor, okay, so they went to the last thing that happened. They all went to the Ferris and Mama Ferris was being um, a total B to Eleanor the whole time. (laughs) Yes, which would backfire later. (laughs) So Eleanor is reflecting about how almost glad she is that she won't ever have to pretend to be nice to Mrs. Ferris <laughs> because she's great a rude when stupid face Lucy comes by to gloat. <laughs> Boo. And Eleanor is thinking to herself, you know, they were only nice to you in an effort to be mean to me, but Lucy is oblivious. Mm-hmm. 
And Lucy drones on, and Eleanor mostly keeps her mouth shut, except for a few pointed remarks, like, she was certainly very civil to you. And there's, like, a great little paragraph where it says, Eleanor wished to talk of something else, but Lucy still pressed her to own that she had reason for happiness, and Eleanor was obliged to go on. Undoubtedly, if they had known of your engagement, said she, nothing could be more flattering than their treatment of you. But as that was not the case... <laughs> <laughs> and then there's almost a full page in which I in which I wish I could reach through the book and slap Lucy across the face. <laughs> and Eleanor can't find one civil word to say to her and so says nothing. And then who should walk through the door but Edward motherfucking Ferris himself? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the timing he has. Quote, it was a very awkward moment. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Eleanor tries to put Edward at ease because he's clearly the most nervous of the bunch. Lucy doesn't help at all. She doesn't say a word. And Eleanor knows that she has every right and is expected to be friends with Edward as they are friends. And so keeps right. up the whole conversation on her own, telling him how her family is, how their trip to town was, etc. Then she feels very high-minded when she leaves them alone together to go get Marianne and even stands on the landing a moment longer than is necessary to make them be alone. And I said, <laughs> is it to force Edward to confront his folly? It doesn't say that, but like, she's like, no, you two will be alone and talk together. You can't avoid it, Edward. <laughs> right. Well, it's like, we find out when Marianne's there that Edward and Lucy have known each other longer than Eleanor and Marianne have known him. And it's like, why is Lucy like, they're supposed to be playing this front like they're not engaged. And Edward doesn't know that Eleanor knows. So why isn't Lucy talking? It just seems very suspicious. Well, Lucy isn't talking she because that. she's not in any way trying to help the conversation. She doesn't, she probably doesn't know what to say, but like Eleanor is the it's only just... one trying to make the situation in any way comfortable for people. Right. <laughs> she's like, can everyone act normal for one? Because she please? knows that Edward has been avoiding Lucy and like this whole thing right. just, anyway. So then Marianne is informed and comes busting into the room for great. Proclaiming how seeing him is the best thing that has happened since they arrived. And she, of course, <laughs> has no clue about Lucy and so says right. a few things that would rub Miss L the wrong way. And <laughs> <laughs> like she implies that she wants Lucy gone before she starts dishing on how much she dislikes his family from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> And he says that he was engaged the night before. And Marianne is like, so what? You can't break your engagements for us, your friends? <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on you can't break your engagements for us, me. Yeah. And that causes <laughs> Lucy to finally open her mouth and speak. And she uh -huh. says, perhaps you think young men never stand upon engagements if they have no mind to keep them little as well as great. <laughs> Which pisses Eleanor off. But Marianne is oblivious and defends and praises Edward, right. saying he's the most conscientious man in the world. <laughs> <sighs> if only Marianne knew, there would be, it would be physical, I think. <laughs> she should know at this point, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. The nature of her commendation happened to be particularly ill-suited to two-thirds of her auditors, and so was very unexhilarating to Edward, or was so <laughs> very unexhilarating to Edward that he soon got up to go away. <laughs> 
Uh, Marianne tries to reassure Edward that Lucy surely has to leave soon. (laughs) (laughs) But the um, narrator tells us that she defiantly wouldn't have, though. She would have stayed for up to two hours. (laughs) (laughs) But he leaves, and then Lucy leaves soon after, which she does not walk her home, like in some adaptations. Hmm. When they're gone, Marianne is complaining about Lucy, and Eleanor tries to defend that she's known Edward longer than them, and Marianne gives her a look and is like, don't even with that BS. (laughs) (laughs) And after she leaves, Eleanor dares not follow her for for fear of spilling the secret she promised to keep. And I was like, now who needs slapping? You owe Lucy nothing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I was always like so confused as to why she wouldn't tell... Marianne because that's like it's her sister it's like her closest confidant and Marianne is not a blabbermouth at all exactly she can give us all the excuses she wants about having to keep it a secret for because Lucy told her to or Marianne's heart will be broken because she's not going to get together with Edward but it's all justifications for her own self because she doesn't want to that's the only explanation that I can yeah I wonder if like it's one of those things where she's like if I don't say it then I don't have to confront the reality of it (laughs) yeah and she doesn't have to talk about it she doesn't want to talk about it she's complaining about all these people not wanting to talk but she doesn't want to talk (laughs) about things that really mean something to her exactly oh to be 19 (laughs) (laughs) that was a funny but annoying chapter so Chapter 36. Charlotte has her baby! Exclamation point! (laughs) So Mrs. Jennings, therefore, is spending all of her time with her. And Marianne and Eleanor are kind of forced to spend all day with the Middletons. Which means basically spending all day with Lady Middleton, who doesn't actually care for them. Because they, A, don't flatter her constantly, like Lucy. And B, she feels like she should be doing something while they're there instead of just sitting around doing nothing, which is what she would prefer. (laughs) (laughs) oh i I don't know if i mentioned this earlier but like the narrator comments early in the book about like how busy and occupied the dashwood ladies always keep themselves compared to the other rich lazy layabouts in this book so like right (laughs) guess they're always doing something but yeah which i think was it maybe it was this section where there was i think it was a narrator commented about how Lady Middleton always saw the Dashwood girls reading and there was like some comment about like how she felt about that. that yeah, it made <laughs> it her made them... feel like, oh, I should be doing something because they're doing something. It makes me feel like a dullard because right. I don't want to do anything. Right. And it's like one of those things where she's like, what do they think? They're better than me because they're reading all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, shut up. I hate you so much. Yeah, she's not really that much better than any of the rest of them. No, she's just boring. <laughs> but she's not actively hateful, at least. <laughs> right she's just kind of like a pill yeah also Anne seems to like them or would like them if they would just tease her a little bit about the doctor <laughs> <laughs> about the bows she does like asking about every item of clothing and accoutrement that marianne's and about wait accoutrement of marianne's and probably knows marianne's wardrobe better than she does herself <laughs> <laughs> this whole section i was like Anne Steele and henry tilney would get along so well totally. <laughs> they both love clothing totally it's funny because it's like i feel like it's kind of like trying to 
put her down by saying like, all she talks about is Mary has clothes. But like, you know, when you're talking to people who don't want to give you anything in the conversation, you're like, but your clothes, I love your outfit. Oh, what about that dress? You know, like she's trying, trying right. to carry on a conversation with these yeah. Nobody can carry on conversation. Not even our favorites. <laughs> no, not at this point. So uh, we find out that Mr. Palmer refuses to think his baby looks like him or anyone else. Or that it's the <laughs> cutest baby ever <laughs> to Mrs. Jennings chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same to me. <laughs> and then I wrote down a quote. I come now to the relation of a misfortune. Which I put a laughing face, so let's see what it is. <laughs> Someone thinking the Dashwood girls were staying. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Relation of a misfortune. So, okay. Someone thinks that the Dashwood girls were staying with John and Fanny because they're related to right. them. And so they oh, invite right. them to some event that Fanny is obliged. So, Fanny is like obliged to like send her carriage for them. And, uh, right. What was worse must be subject to all the unpleasantness of appearing to treat them with attention. <laughs> God, this was like, ugh, this section made me so annoyed. I was like, you can't do one thing. <laughs> yeah, but this was a funny one. I actually wrote this paragraph, the one about the relation of misfortune, could have been straight out of Northanger Abbey because it's so like funny and narrator forward. It's like, we really yes. get the narrator's voice in that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I love that section. <laughs> Marianne, by this point, is used to being resigned to have to go out. So the event is some <laughs> sort of private musical entertainment. And mm -hmm. as Eleanor was neither musical nor affecting to be so, she made no scruple of turning her <laughs> eye from the grand pianoforte whenever it suited her. <laughs> that said, I swear, Austin is feeling herself in this chapter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are a lot of really personal, <laughs> emotional things put in this book. It's pretty funny, this chapter. So while she's making free to look around the room, she sees toothpick, toothpick case, man. <laughs> I just call them yes. toothpick case. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he deserves. <laughs> And she quickly gets introduced to him by her brother as the younger Ferris, Robert. Ugh. He is not impressive to Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> as she shouldn't be. But he thinks that his brother is the way he is because he didn't go to public school like Robert himself did. And he goes <laughs> on for a while about how easy it is to have a dance in a cottage with up to 18 couples. And I was like, that's a big ass cottage. <laughs> Yeah, well, like this whole his whole like thing about how he was like, oh, I love cottages, and it's probably like a forty-seven room cottage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sir, we're talking about real cottages, right? It's <laughs> not not an addition fantasy. to your mansion, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so the end of this chapter. Finally, John gets the idea that even though this whole getting invited to this party was a fluke. They really should be acknowledging his sisters and tells Fanny he thinks they should invite them to stay with them. And Fanny, thinking fast, says, oh, dang, I just decided to invite the Steels. <laughs> we can invite your sisters next year. Right. If there's anything I could do to change that, I, I would do it. You know, I would. And John, of course, agrees. And Lucy happily moves in and starts sucking butt. <laughs> <laughs> the minute that fanny was like oh we have to invite these two because she was panicked uh i was just like yeah go ahead let's see what happens 
I said sucking ass. And then I said, this book inspires dramatic language. (laughs) (laughs) Should be kissing ass, probably. (laughs) Well, maybe that's like a a level up because (laughs) Lucy is just, you know, (laughs) according to the the guy who annotated my book, she's the most odious character. (sighs) Thank you. Justified. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So chapter 37 sometimes tragedy is just hilarious (laughs) (laughs) so okay so the baby charlotte's baby is doing really well and mrs jennings is back to being home more often so the girls are no longer obliged to visit with the middletons phew and (laughs) one day after visiting charlotte she comes home with some sit down news Uh, the, uh, the doctor had come by, and when he was leaving, Mrs. Jennings asked him for the latest gossip, and he was like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> I was like, sir, do HIPAA violations not exist right now? Or... <laughs> well, it's not a medical. Well, I guess it is, kind of. Technically. So we find out that Anne spilled the tea to Fanny about Lucy and Edward. And Fanny had a Ooh. conniption fit so bad that they had to call the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready to turn them both out that instant, but John wouldn't allow them to be that openly rude. <laughs> she, <laughs> she did, however, scold like any fury and soon drove her into a fainting fit. <laughs> <laughs> And, Wish I could have seen it. Yeah, right? And it seems like everyone was on their knees, screaming or crying by the time the doctor arrived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mrs. Jennings is just indignant and has no patience for Fanny. She feels terrible for Edward and wouldn't be surprised if he was livid with his family. And the doctor agrees. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor was told to stick around because they still had to tell Mama Ferris. <laughs> it's like if you think fanny is freak out totally bad (laughs) eleanor does feel bad for edward upon hearing all this for him she felt much compassion for lucy very little and it cost her some pains to procure that little (laughs) for the rest of the party none at all (laughs) good for her Uh, so um, Eleanor goes to tell Marianne finally. Finally. Says her narration was clear and simple, and though it could not be given without emotion, it was not accompanied by violent agitation nor impetuous grief. <laughs> that belonged rather to the hearer, for Marianne listened with <laughs> horror and cried excessively. Eleanor was to be the comforter comforter of others in her own distress. <laughs> well, you know, part of me is like, you brought it you know, on yourself. Marianne made... <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, Marianne probably shouldn't be freaking out like that. But Marianne's probably mostly freaking out like that because Eleanor has no reaction. <laughs> if Eleanor started crying and was acting crazy, she'd be like, oh, Marianne I... would comfort yeah, her. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Marianne's like, I gotta, someone has to do this. Yeah. And I mean, this is all coming as a huge, huge shock to Marianne because she had right. no clue. And even though she was like doubting her sister's affection for Edward, she still believed it the whole time. So like, right. you know, she was not expecting this level of shenanigans to be going on. Right. 
And there was never any indication. Yeah. And, you know, just because Eleanor can suppress her emotions down to a nub does not mean that we should, right. you know, judge Marianne for, you know, feeling sad when she hears the right. news. But whatever. Yeah, of course. Eleanor was to be the comfort <laughs> of others in her own distress. She, I mean, by this point, <laughs> is she really in distress? Like, she's already gotten over the worst of it, right? I think she's suppressed it so much that she's like, I don't even know what distress even feels like anymore. <laughs> exactly. I don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Marianne thinks that both Edward and Lucy are the worst for a while. And, well, can't blame her. Yeah, exactly. Eleanor explains that she's known for four months and that she had never told because she promised Lucy. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did promise Lucy, but that's not why she never told her. Exactly. She assures Marianne that she did love him and has um, acquitted him of misconduct. And she thinks Lucy, at least, is not an idiot. <laughs> at least she's not a complete idiot. <laughs> I think I would love her. <laughs> I think I would like Lucy if she was an idiot. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. You're like, she doesn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she still does have confidence, though, that Edward thought her superior to Lucy, so... She still thinks highly of herself. (laughs) (laughs) And she should. Yeah, Marianne says, well, if this is your way of thinking, if the loss of what is most valued is so easily to be made up by something else, your resolution, your self-command are perhaps a little less to be wondered at. They are brought more within my comprehension. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the wrong thing to say because Eleanor goes off a little... (laughs) (laughs) she's like i've had this hanging over my head without being able to talk about it to anyone having it forced on me by the person who was actually just trying to rub my face in it and i had to try to look indifferent even though i knew i would never be able to be with the one person i most wanted to be with and it makes me feel bad (laughs) it does but then i'm like you know like we said you've had you didn't have zero obligation Yeah, you've ha- you have zero obligations to Lucy because she's been, uh, you know, a royal pain in the ass to you the whole time. I mean, she's known you since don't know her. the first time she told her that she was only doing it to try to torture her. Like, she knows this right. about Lucy. So why does she feel this, like, need to have some sort of scruples about a promise she made to I think, her? Yeah, I think it's Eleanor's, like, her lawful goodness. Like, she's just like, I have to stick by the rules and... <laughs> These are the society's rules. I must keep a secret, even though I despise this person more than anyone. I want Marianne to uh, challenge Lucy to a duel. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I would pay lots of money to see that. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Eleanor's like, and then I had to put up with downright rudeness from his family and have suffered the punishment of an attachment without enjoying its advantages, which is very true. And That is very true. Uh, So she says that at first, she says that at first, then if I had not been bound to silence, perhaps nothing could have kept me entirely, not even what I owed my dearest friends from openly showing that I was very unhappy. (laughs) Like, girl, (laughs) your need to be silent does not make you not be able to show people that you're unhappy. (sighs) Right. (laughs) I feel like this whole chapter is like justifying. See, Eleanor's right. I'm like, no. You're not right. You're not right. No. <laughs> you should be open. It'll make you feel better. 
I said, don't get me wrong. I love Eleanor and I totally feel for her in this moment. But A, she realizes she owed her friends the truth, which includes showing them her pain. And B, both of these sisters have their own way of putting themselves through self-imposed torture. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, that is a perfect (laughs) sentence. So Marianne hates herself for making Eleanor put up with all of her misery when she was secretly miserable herself. And Eleanor uses the moment to make Marianne promise not to tell anyone or act like she's angry or dislikes Lucy or Edward. (laughs) Now you must suppress. (laughs) Marianne, to the best of her open-hearted abilities, does try. (laughs) Well, she's doing it for Eleanor's sake. (sighs) Man, this chapter. Okay. And then... (laughs) But Marianne is put to the test the next day when John comes to visit and talk over the whole ordeal. And he's like, a fanny and her mother were in hysterics all yesterday. <laughs> and Fanny actually said to him, I wish with all my heart that we had asked your sisters instead of them. Whatever. <laughs> Let me go fight her right now. <laughs> oh, Fanny. Ugh. Okay. And after Mama Ferris calmed down, they sent for Edward, and he said it was true, and he wouldn't break the engagement, and Mama Ferris tells him she'll give everything to Robert if he doesn't, and or if he doesn't, like, um, give up the engagement, and he still unaccountably refuses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She even tells him Crazy. that she will actively work to make sure he is rejected from any profession he tries to enter to, into. What a... A horrible mother. She's so horrible. Yes. So horrible. Yeah, she's I will terrible. make sure no one hires you and you will be destitute forever, my oldest son. <laughs> <laughs> What's so crazy to me is like, you know, there's Robert Ferrers, who you wouldn't necessarily think right off the bat is like a better family member than his mother. He is. Like, he totally understands who Edward is. And he's like, you know, he, although he does like... Tell his mom, well, it's your fault because he went to private school. (laughs) But (laughs) he still is like, Edward's who Edward is. And, you know, he should just, I guess he's going to be who he's going to be. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so funny to me that he is just like more understanding than his own mother. Well, I'm sure he's perfectly content to have the estate put in his name. He doesn't suggest that he's going to help out his brother in any way. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, yeah, of course. But I just like, I don't know. His mom is just... (sighs) Ugh, what a terrible person. I know. So Marianne really wants to say something, but remembers her <laughs> promise and holds her tongue. And I said, damn that promise. I so want to see the scene with an unleashed Marianne. Yes. <laughs> It'll be like the, oh God, what was the, what are they called? The um, painted uh, things that they were all, that Eleanor did? The screens. The screens, that's what it was, where, <laughs> where she was like, we're not talking about that lady. We're talking about Eleanor. Yeah. <laughs> I just like imagine that tenfold that I would love to oh, see it. it. Just if Marianne just uncensored could say whatever she wanted to John in this moment. That would have been. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like they're related. They should be able to. Uh, luckily, Mrs. Jennings can speak for all the ladies present when she says that he acted like an honest man. And if he had done otherwise, I should have thought him a rascal. <laughs> oh, and by the way, watch what you say because Lucy's my cousin. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's like, you know, Miss Jennings, you really need to, <laughs> you're so gullible. <laughs> well, I mean, still, I mean, 
I'd rather have her defending Lucy to John than just me like letting yeah. him get away with this trash he's talking. Yeah. What I yeah, I was like, I don't know. I just was like, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need to, but maybe you should start ragging on his wife and his mother-in-law more. <laughs> yeah. So Ultimately, it ended with Edward being dismissed from his mother's notice with only 2,000 pounds to his name. And Mrs. Jennings says, well, Edward's welcome to stay with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. She says, it's not right for him to be out trying to stay in taverns. (laughs) (laughs) And when John left that morning to go over to visit them, Mama Ferris was changing her will. And he finally goes away, leaving the three ladies unanimous in their sentiments on the present occasion, as far at least as it regarded Mrs. Farrah's conduct, the Dashwoods, and the Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) And then, once he leaves, Marianne's indignation burst forth as soon as he quitted the room, and as her vehemence made reserve impossible in Eleanor and unnecessary in Mrs. Jennings, they all joined in a very spirited critique upon the party. And I said, why can't I hear that part? That's the part I want to hear. I know. (laughs) I remember reading that sentence and was like, Jane, (laughs) this is what I want to hear. I want a whole chapter. Give me a chapter of the ladies complaining and bitching. I want to hear it, please. Yes. So it should rewrite this book, but just like all the parts that we don't get to see. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Instead of giving us a whole chapter on Fanny and John not getting them anything. Give us a chapter 37. (laughs) 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 Yes. And they're all just like, Fanny and John are a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to talk about that. (laughs) Okay. So chapter 38. Why do you make me hate you, Lucy? Uh, three days pass and the next Sunday the weather is good and Eleanor and Mrs. J go to Kensington Gardens and the only person that Eleanor sees that she knows is Anne Steele and Mrs. Jennings is like go grill her she'll tell you everything (laughs) (laughs) I really loved this little section just how the narrator like described it where she like leaned down and was like (laughs) I can't get away from Mrs. Clark you need to get all the tea fortunately Eleanor doesn't even have to ask her anything she just rambles on about it (laughs) first she wants to make sure that the Middletons and everyone else aren't mad at them and then she tells her that Edward didn't come to see them for three days after the incident (laughs) until this morning that they're there. And he told Lucy that he had been thinking about things. And now that he was poor, he wanted to give her an out. (laughs) He's like, I can't really support you and I don't have any living. And it says he begged if she had the least mind for it to put an end to the matter directly and leave him to shift for himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, la. (laughs) (laughs) the amount of laws that we got (laughs) Anne's favorite expression oh la (laughs) oh la the bows (laughs) lucy though says that she could live with him upon a trifle and he's like okay i just have to take orders and secure a living first and then eleanor figures out that Anne learned all this by listening through the door and doesn't want to know anymore (laughs) (laughs) i was like Uh, Eleanor, (laughs) how else do you get information? (laughs) (laughs) Not that it's possible to shut Anne up. Hola. (laughs) (laughs) 
Then uh, Anne has to go back to her friends, and Mrs. Jennings wants to know all, but Eleanor just tells her the basics since the information was gained by eavesdropping. And I said, you're no fun, Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) You should have named this chapter Ola. (laughs) Just Ola. Ola. (laughs) There is one funny thing that I noticed just this morning when I was rereading it that Anne says... Oh, who cares if I, you know, eavesdrop? Lucy used to eavesdrop on me and Martha Sharp a few years ago. We had all this, these secrets. And I was like, what is the secrets that you had from Martha Sharp? I want to know about these yeah. too. Please <laughs> don't just give me this tantalizing bits and not tell me anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we add a few other chapters where uh, Anne kind of gets ingratiated with the Dashwoods and they all hang out? I want to know who Martha <laughs> Sharp is and I want to know what their secrets were. Exactly. Oh, la. Oh, la. <laughs> So, okay, Mrs. Jennings is like, dang, he won't find a good living. And a year from now, they'll be forced to take one that only pays 50 pounds a year, and they'll be popping out babies one a year until they're quite broke. (laughs) And she wants (laughs) to help them if she can, maybe by finding them a good servant. She knows a girl. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how are they going to pay for that? (laughs) I guess she wants to pay for it. I don't know. That's true. The next day, Eleanor gets a letter from Lucy. Lucy? Lucy. <laughs> you <laughs> you were trying to say Lucy, but you were thinking Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer. The letter is so annoying. Very. She talks about all they have suffered and how great a friend she is. And Edward knows what a great friend you are too. And he wouldn't hear of our Whatever. parting, though I begged him. And I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> and she says i know you'll be on the lookout for good living for us as will mrs jennings and sir john and lady middleton when you ask them to much love etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> <laughs> if i was if i was eleanor i would have thrown that note right into the fire no. been like i'm not doing anything for you and eleanor's like i know why you sent me this letter so she does as lucy wants and gives the letter to mrs jennings to read <laughs> <laughs> oh lucy and plus i don't know i don't know if i wrote anything but like whenever you see a letter that lucy has written it is like her grasp on actual english is so not great like she's just it's not no like you can tell she's not educated because it's like got bad misspellings yeah. and bad grammar and all sorts of stuff like that yeah well i was at the end of her letter like i think it was maybe next to her name there were like two symbols <laughs> And I couldn't tell, my book didn't tell me what they were. Are they in your book? I don't know. Let me see if I can find. Okay. (laughs) Can you see this? Where it says, I am. Oh, and it has like these weird. I think it's like, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know why they did that all the time. Like it's their version of, you know, all the stuff that you say when you're signing off. Like, I love you, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera you know okay because i was like you know i was looking at my there's no notes on it so i was like is that supposed to be something (laughs) i don't know what that is yeah i whenever you see a letter not when not every time but a lot of people from that time period you would see a letter and be like and see and see like you know all the other stuff that i don't have time to write all (laughs) best wishes (laughs) exactly okay so chapter 39 Marianne and Eleanor are ready to go home. (laughs) (laughs) They've been in London for two months. But luckily, they're invited to go with Mrs. Jennings to visit the Palmers at Cleveland. And Marianne is, of course, not happy with the idea of being in Somersetshire. Somersetshire. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not Somersetshire, but that's how I say it every time. Somersetshire. (laughs) I can't help it. (laughs) Somersetshire. 
Some are sure. <laughs> well, that's where Willoughby lives. And uh, right. Eleanor explains that it's only a day away from Barton. So if they're there, then they can get Mama to send a carriage to pick them up. And Mama, of course, agrees to the plan. And they're only a mere three weeks away from finally getting home. Had <laughs> this longest <laughs> trip ever. She's like, we're not going to be there Seriously. for more than a month, but they've already been there for two months, and it's going to be another month before they actually get home. Oh, my God. So Mr. Palmer uh, has been actually very nice to the girls since he found out about the Willoughby tobacco. Mm-hmm. And... He's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, we get to see, like, Mr. Palmer isn't that bad. You know, he does have, like, some yeah. niceness deep down. Uh, Colonel Brandon <laughs> comes to visit Mrs. Jennings and talks to Eleanor while Marianne plays the piano i assume and mrs jennings imagines (laughs) this is funny mrs jennings is imagining that he is proposing to eleanor or possibly (laughs) telling her that he intends to propose to marianne i'm not really sure which she thinks is happening (laughs) yeah she's like one or the other but he's not proposing he's telling eleanor that he heard about edward's family disowning him and since he knows how horrible it is to have your family thwart your love he wants to help. And as it happens, that very morning, and I said, his life is one giant set of coincidental timings. <laughs> Seriously. The very morning, he found out that the curacy at Delaford is now vacant. I assume someone hmm. died. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume so. Why else would it be? Yeah, exactly. I guess. <laughs> it's a small living. It's only 200 pounds a year, but... He could take it as a bachelor and save money while he looks for a better prospect. And Eleanor thinks that it would be enough for them to actually get married. Because I'm sure she's still thinking about Mrs. Jennings, who was like, well, they're going to find one for 50 pounds and be totally broke. Because she's like, oh, 200 pounds. That's plenty. Right. That's four times more. So she's conflicted about the news, but very grateful that Colonel B would offer it. And she also wants her, oh, he also wants her to tell him to tell Edward. And she's like, she would have been glad to be spared, but is happy to do it for the Colonel's sake. Oh, plus Anne blurted out where he's staying. So she knows she can get this favor done within the day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end. (laughs) Oh, Anne. Oh, Eleanor. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) it's just it is a sigh a sighing chapter (laughs) a sighing section yeah it's like you know a whole bunch of crappy stuff happens but eleanor's kind of like already to the point where she's like numb to it Mm -hmm. in a way she's like i don't care anymore yeah i just want to go home (laughs) yeah thankfully marianne knows the truth now (sighs) this this is just an interesting set of chapters i kind of feel like we kind of cut it off right in the middle like she's about to go tell edward but yeah I just, I don't know. I'm like, I want Eleanor and Marianne to be the type of sisters who like secretly dish to each other at night, like Lizzie and Jane, yeah. but <laughs> just, I guess it's not meant to be yet. Yeah. <laughs> Too many lessons to learn. So uh, do you have a favorite part? Oh, yes. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. It's when they go to, is it Barton Park? No, the park where... They go with Miss. It's just Eleanor and Mrs. Jennings, and Clark is there, so Miss Jennings can't get all the good gossip from Anne. So um, Eleanor goes and talks with Anne, and Anne kind of gives her everything. Oh yeah, That's when they go to that part. Kensington Gardens or whatever. Kensington Gardens. Yeah, that's a good part. Yeah, I like it when John comes over and tells them about the whole 
thing and then leaves yeah. and they're all like let's dish and you know i mean i would like yes. it if i got to see it right I'm, that would be my favorite part <laughs> i like that eleanor finally gets to tell marianne and mm-hmm. <laughs> i like marianne trying to use restraint <laughs> for the first time <laughs> <laughs> I like that Edward comes to call on Eleanor. <laughs> and they're both there. Yeah. Lucy's Lucy. like, because he hadn't even gone to see Lucy. Like, it takes him three days after the whole thing to even go see her, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, which, I don't know. I've got some thoughts on Lucy, and I'm like, <sighs> you know. We're finally getting to, like, some people's gets... You know, like, um, they don't get their come up. Nobody gets their come up into this book, but not, not really. Yeah. Nothing. No, like very like specific, you know, <laughs> you got served. Yeah. I don't know. Which is no fun, Jane. <laughs> I think when I was <laughs> listening to it this morning, I was like, because a lot of, sometimes Sense of Sensibility is in the top tier, like my favorite book. And these sets of, ch- I don't know, this time I've been like, is it my least favorite book? <laughs> yeah i i kind of get what you're what you mean because you know definitely like the first half of this book i was like oh i really love this book this might be my favorite (laughs) but now especially in these last group of chapters i was like i don't know i'm kind of going back to persuasion being my favorite and so i'm gonna wait i'm gonna kind of let it finish itself out just because also i've heard that the last chapter is so good and whatever so <laughs> For me. Like, i'm gonna let it play out <laughs> well the thing that i like live i think that's a like and a love put together <laughs> live it the thing i love about this book is <laughs> like when we are distanced from the characters and we can just laugh at them and make fun of them <laughs> and when the narrator yes. is doing that the things I don't love, Loif, about this book are when we're trying to get, like, to some real feelings and emotions, and everyone is just acting in such a... I don't know if it's just, like, a past way of thinking, or if it's, like, mm-hmm. just unrelatable to me, but, like, I don't know. I just don't feel like when we're getting to, like, real emotional stuff that I'm connecting to the characters. Uh It's when we're distanced from them. But in other books, I feel like I do. Like in Persuasion, I was like right there with Anne the whole time. Like I was feeling her feelings. But like in this one, I'm more like, I don't really, I don't believe what you're saying to me, character, about what you're feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I've been like kind of, uh, and really I've only been able to think about the books you've read so far, but I've been kind of thinking about like, oh, what is a good time in your life to read certain books? Like, I believe that like Northanger Abbey is like the perfect intro, especially if you're like a teenager because it's fun and it's not too, you know, serious and the language is not too like advanced. But I feel like, you know, just based on what we've read so far, I haven't read three books, but I feel like Sense and Sensibility is maybe a good second or third book. Yeah. I was thinking I like this book better, best when I listen to it. And I listened to it with a really funny narrator, which as much as I love Rosamund Pike, I just don't feel like she's really giving it that kick that it needs. But I also like it sped up like at one and a half speed (laughs) because I just feel like it should be funny. Like you shouldn't be like trying to analyze these characters because I don't know. I mean, to me, their motivations seem 
crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I like, I agree. I kind of like it as like a, a surface level where it's more of a f- funny book and less of a like, yeah, let's really think about why we're doing the things we're doing. So when I do like a deep read, yeah. which we're doing for this, I'm like, ah, I have so many problems with what everyone is doing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I'm kind of like enjoying reading the actual, like the physical book more, just because in my head, I'm kind of like able to pick which characters I want them to like emulate based on like adaptations or whatever. And that's why I always think of that Miss Bates from the new Emma as <laughs> Anne. And it just makes me laugh because I'm like, she's so funny. To me. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Oh, I, um, I meant to tell you earlier, but I gave my mom to give my sister a copy of Northanger Abbey because she's, I think she's 14. She'll turn 15 this year. And I was like, this is the perfect time. She's the perfect <laughs> Catherine Moreland age. And I was like, I just think she would really enjoy this book. Oh, so, has she read it? We'll see if she reads it. Uh, hopefully. I just gave it to her. I think I gave it to her Thursday. So Creative we'll see if she reads it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm hoping that like I can perfectly put together like, okay, you need to read them in this order and at this point in your life. And I won't give her persuasion, I guess, until she's almost 30. But <laughs> nah. <laughs> That's my plan for her. My Jane Austen reading list. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to get like last week when I said I'm excited to get to the last two sections. I, I still am because I forgot about this right. section. I honestly feel like the last one and this one could be put together as like, ah, not my favorite part of this book <laughs> because this uh-huh. is the parts where I'm like, whatever. But I, I feel like <laughs> the end, well, the next section, I actually do feel like the sister part, you know, when they uh-huh. at Cleveland is like one of the best, like actual emotional parts to me of the book. And then the last section, the last chapter specifically is the funniest part of the book to me. So I just think these right. last two sections that we've done are just like, uh, it's just exhausting to me. <laughs> the characters. I mean, yeah. I'm still enjoying, you know, talking about it. Hopefully we don't get a lot of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we're still, even like when we are critiquing anything about the books or the certain characters, we still, it's like, we're critiquing it, but like, it's still very high up on our list of love. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's never like, we hate it. It's always like, I don't really like this, but uh, it's still a nine out of 10 for me. Yeah. Well, whenever people ask me what my, you know, when like if there's a, something on social media that's like, what's your favorite 10 books or whatever, I will put the complete Jane mm-hmm. Austen as one of those books. Yes. <laughs> because all of them are great. They're like my favorites. So exactly. And this one has I been agree. my favorite many times. So it really just depends mm-hmm. on how I'm reading it. And, you know, trying to analyze it deeply makes me question some things. But it's also the first one. I mean, it's like, I mean, yes, Northanger Abbey was the first one technically, but it was revised right. when she was older. So since this its ability, I believe is the first one that she wrote that was like published as it was, although it was still like 10 years after it was written. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is the most caricature-ish characters. Yes. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Which I think it, it serves its purpose, but yeah. We still love it. <laughs> and I feel like we should just count all of this as the, our final thoughts because on this okay. section, because I don't, we're good. <laughs> the favorite right. moments turned into final thoughts on this section. <laughs> 
Sometimes we get pulled. For the deep dive, can you guess who mm -hmm. I picked? I'm guessing and hoping that you picked Anne. <laughs> no, we've Three, already done Anne. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, I'm, gosh, is it Palmer's? Nope, it's Am a I big dumb? character because I wanted to get all the big characters in. But we've already done Marianne and Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it Miss Jennings? Oh, I think we already did her too. God, where have I been? Uh, I'll just tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, just tell me because my brain is mush. It's Edward. <laughs> oh, that was my next guess. Oh, I should have I couldn't guess. I can't remember. <laughs> I just couldn't remember if we had done him or not very clearly, as you could tell from my other guess. Yeah. And even though I just, there's no real section in this book that is an Edward centric section. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah because edward is really absent from a lot of this book and when he is around he's not yeah. even saying a word half the time it's just eleanor trying to keep like in this section it was eleanor trying to keep up yeah. the conversation you know yeah and i think maybe that's why i kind of have a stronger dislike of him just because it's we don't i don't get a chance to really like like exp like be exposed to him yeah ever it's mostly a lot of people talking about him you know right and reacting to him but not ever really getting to know him and it's kind of crazy because like eleanor loves him we are told yeah <laughs> she says to us <laughs> um <laughs> but based on what based on the like yeah few months they spent hanging out when she was grieving her father <laughs> i mean right <sighs> I just, it just, it feels very much like I asked myself if she's settling for him because she's like, I do like this quality that he's, you know, he's nice. And I'm like, okay. It's really weird because like they never spend any time alone together. They've made that very clear, but they must have spent time alone together at Norland because nobody even right. knew he was there. <laughs> Except for <Norland>. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't maybe know. if you're spending time walking outside, it doesn't count as spending time alone together. I guess maybe because you're out, you're out in the open. I you're not know. in private. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Eleanor, I don't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. But we're we're not sorting Eleanor. We are sorting Edward. <laughs> right. So we know he is extremely shy. That he does not have the ability to tell people what he's really thinking or to fix his mistakes or to let anyone down at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can let people down, but he doesn't, you know, actively. If, if he thinks he might be letting someone down, he will run away. He's like the ultimate ghoster. Right. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Except refuses to ghost Lucy for some reason. But well, ghost her in so much as that I don't think he ever willingly wrote her a letter on his own unless it was to reply to right. when she wrote him and which he felt compelled to have to reply. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> and I think it was probably like three <laughs> sentences long. You know, I feel like he's giving her right. as little as humanly possible without being like, you know what? I'm just going to say, let's not do this anymore. Right. Which is what he should have done forever ago. So I don't even know. I don't even know if that would be a characteristic of a sign <laughs> to be... You know, I think that's just right. a characteristic of overbearing, horrible parents and sisters. Yep. <laughs> and brother. <laughs> and a brother. <laughs> well, he's very sensitive. We'll say that. So maybe he's like a cancer and like, you know, retreats say to his definitely. shell. And... Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like cancer. Yeah. 
I guess that makes the most sense because like he's not a Pisces in which he can like adapt <laughs> to other people. No. He's more like <laughs> No. <laughs> not at if all. If there's any potential conflict, I will hide in a tavern <laughs> where no one can find right. me. <laughs> For 3 days. <laughs> uh, and then I feel like he probably also has some Aquarius or something air that is like he's in his head a lot, you know. He's also oh, for sure. got depression, which is not a quality of a sign, but I think he definitely has depression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Him and Eleanor, depression soulmates. Well, I don't even I don't know about Eleanor. I never feel like she's depressed. I feel like she is suppressed. <laughs> <laughs> but Edward has many times in the book where we're like, he's just in a bad mood. He's got the blues. Everyone can tell that he's not happy. And it just comes on basically right. like seemingly out of nowhere. But we do find out later that it's probably Lucy related and family related. It's just like he can never live yeah. up to other people's ideals for him or his ideals for himself. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, anyway, I think he's got something, maybe like an Aquarius moon or something where he's in his head a lot. Yes. But I think Cancer is a good one. And yeah, I agree. For d and I'm going to call him like a chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think his like... Or good. I mean, he could be considered good, I guess, but... I Because at first I was thinking chaotic good, but then neutral, I'm like, if he really had like good intentions he would be honest with <laughs> Eleanor and he would be honest with Lucy and on you know he would kind of not be doing all these like kind of yeah just obliging to whatever things he does so he doesn't have to confront anything so I like chaotic neutral <laughs> he's not able to rip off the band-aid <laughs> do what needs to right. be done <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows it feels better just rip it off <laughs> oh god oh, the characters drive me crazy <laughs> I agree. Like, I agree. You guys are just so torturing yourselves. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is torturing themselves at all times. And David Lynch. Yeah. I feel like he is, what's his name from Eraserhead? The main character. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let me look at it. Oh, Henry. Right. Henry. Henry. You're right. I, yeah, I like that because he is a very Edward character. I also was thinking like, I wonder if he watches Twin Peaks and looks at Coop and he's like, why can't I be like Coop? Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. But he acts more like an Andy, but without the bravery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely like, I feel like Henry could have been written about him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he has a, if you can call that a baby, uh, <laughs> that he, with this woman and just takes it and is like, sure. Uh, yeah, whatever. his relationship with Lucy is like the baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. That's a, is the equivalent of a, a baby. great analogy. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to eat him in the end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> disgusting and enveloping. Luckily, this book has something that Eraserhead doesn't, which is an Eleanor to save the day yes. <laughs> <laughs> or a um, <sighs> baby that's more interested in its own self-preservation than killing its right host or mother. <laughs> right <laughs> less parasitic Well, should we do recommendations yeah. since we already did our final thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> do you have one or do you want me to go first? Um, I 
you have one. All right, go for it. I recently discovered a YouTube girl. Uh -huh. I don't know if she would consider herself a YouTube girl, but that's how I discovered her. It's <laughs> really the only thing I can find of hers is YouTube stuff and like an Instagram. Her name is Bernadette Banner and she is a costume researcher slash designer and oh. she like kind of lives in an Edwardian cosplay fantasy <laughs> where she <laughs> well, at least that's what it appears to me. But she's like she's into how people used to make their own clothes like in the Ed she's specifically more Edwardian time period, late Victorian. Okay. And so from what I know of her, I haven't like watched all of her stuff or anything, but she's been making her own pieces, like Edwardian type style clothes that she makes herself because back then people would make a smaller amount of really well-made clothes that would last and you'd like mix and match and stuff. Right. And it seems like she kind of ah. just dresses that like that all the time. <laughs> oh, interesting. But she makes a lot of YouTube videos. She, I was watching one that she did of like, rating the historical accuracy of costumes and uh -huh. she talked about emma the newest one which she really liked uh -huh. and said it was great although she did say she didn't like jane austen so i was like well <laughs> uh... <laughs> whatever you like Anna Green Gables, I it. <laughs> <laughs> but she really enjoyed emma and thought that the costumes were done really well and i agree you know i enjoy a person who is just willing to live their personal fantasy and specialize mm -hmm. in something crazy and obscure that, you know, they love and can make a whole career out of it. I mean, she's also a costume person. So I think she used to work right. for Broadway. I Now she lives in, oh, I don't know if this is even up to date, but as far as I can tell, she lives in London now doing something cool. Oh, but you can follow her on Instagram or YouTube. And Bernadette Banner. Bernadette Banner. Interesting. She's I'm going to check her out because that sounds really cool. <laughs> I feel like people would like her in the Jane Austen community, even if she doesn't like Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's now her opinion is turning over after this new Emma. So you never know. I was thinking, though, like, if your specialty is costumes and, like, specifically how things are made and it... Like so much so that you are going to be judging mm -hmm. movies and stuff based on that, then it must kind of suck because you obviously love that time period so much that I would think those would be the kinds of movies and shows you would want to watch the most. But like, obviously, they're yeah. never going to be historically accurate as you want them to be. So they're always right. kind of like <laughs> judging them. I just think that would be kind of annoying. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> to love something so much that you just can't help but pick it apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can never like fully enjoy it unless it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but but she, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. She's always got these crazy Edwardian yeah. hairstyles and I'm like, I can't even barely put my hair in a ponytail. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pins. Well, my recommendation this week is going to be a little more lowbrow. I would say yours was more highbrow. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be, <laughs> you know, costuming and Edwardian. But it's going to be the most, the season of, what, hold on. The most recent season of Real Housewives of Miami that just ended. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the original seasons a lot, but it kind of disappeared after season three. And it's been about 10 years. And it just came back this year. And it was a shorter season. It's on Peacock. So I think it was only about in total with the reunion, maybe 13 episodes. 
but I really enjoyed it. It's got a lot of great personalities on there. I might be a little more partial to it because uh, I was originally from Miami right. and grew up there for like 10 years. <laughs> and it just makes me so nostalgic for Miami. And I want to go back and visit and all these Miami Cuban accents. I'm like, this is exactly how I would talk if I still lived there. And it just, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. And Let's go to Miami. I just love all I'd these like women. To go with you. The only times I've been to Miami, yes. it's been a little overwhelming. I would love to. <laughs> Hey, I think it it can be just like if you're going and you don't necessarily know like where to go or like what what am I going to do and yeah my um I would love to go go to Miami with you we should plan a trip I've been wanting to go to Miami for a while and so does my mom so we could go to the Keys and she'll take us to all (laughs) yeah well I was thinking I was like you know Key Biscayne which is not really the Keys but it's like technically a key right right uh it's right off the coast of my it's like right off miami we stayed there once before and you go into like right across the bridge you go into old havana where my mom grew up and (laughs) it'll yeah lots of great food but the show was great and it's brought back a lot of people and it's brought some new people and it's just a lot of fun and so i would recommend okay cool if you'd like to get in touch with us you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com you can DM us on Twitter at Manners Madness or on Instagram at Manners and Madness Pod, or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. We'd love to hear from you. I don't even know when this episode is going out. It feels like it's probably months from now. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you hear anything on other episodes you want to talk to us about or this one, you know. Yes. Just message us whenever you hear it <laughs> yeah this has been fun so i'm really excited to get to the next two. Oh yeah i forgot i gotta tell you what's coming next <laughs> <laughs> okay next week we were do we are doing twin peaks season two episode 17 getting close to the Ooh. end and we are doing after that since and sensibility chapters 40 through 44 mm-hmm. so we're excited really Can't excited wait. to get back for that one because i know oh, that's yeah. where i start to really enjoy things a little more <laughs> yeah i'm excited to get more my mom it's been a while yeah and one of my favorite scenes <laughs> is in the next one i believe <laughs> i'm pretty sure <sighs> we can see wait. mr w again <laughs> hmm for a fist fight <laughs> well maybe something similar <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But that's Uh, all for today. So we'll see you next week. Good night. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye.